Hi, I'm Curious Cass, and this is Curiosity Junkie. Today's guest is an interesting character to say the least. One of the things I love about him is his sense of humor. He's here today to talk about his company, Skylands, an aerial photography company, and how he started it. So please welcome Brian Porter to the show. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Hi, Cassie Brown. It's so good to see you. Likewise. Well, I'm excited that you agreed to come on and talk a little bit about what you do for a living, because I find it fascinating. I was thinking, somehow it came up a couple of weeks ago. Somebody was talking about Google Maps and the aerial views, and I was like, I know a guy who does that, and I can find out more about it. So I reached out, and you agreed to chat about all things aerial photography. Yeah. You didn't even have to twist my arm. No, I didn't. No, Uh, you were like, yeah, sure. I love to talk about myself. You know that. (laughs) Everyone does. Everyone does. (laughs) Let me just kind of tell people how I, how I know you. We went to high school together and um, you were in a rock band that a bunch of us would just go. It was so much fun. TNT. Yeah. TNT. That's really yeah. how I remember it. TNT. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Does that take yeah. you back to the long hair and the furry boots and? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we. Yeah. My my current wife gets a kick out of looking at the pictures. Uh, <laughs> hair halfway down my back, earrings, lots of makeup. It was the '80s, you know, the Poison Motley Crue era. You know, I did that until what '96, I think. I retired completely from from the music biz, but. I was much, much thinner back then. (laughs) You can wear those tight pleather pants. and. (laughs) Yeah, I can't do that anymore. Or, well, shouldn't. Right. right. No one really should. No one really should. You go from rock and roll into, what do you go into next? I became a computer consultant, actually. I had a Macintosh, Apple Macintosh uh, computer consulting company. And that's what I did for about 10 years after the music biz. That must have been back in the days when they were like, that yellowy mm-hmm. beige, <laughs> that lovely beige, but they're, you know, a computer was $10,000. So people thought nothing of spending a thousand bucks for an afternoon for me to go clean their hard drive. What made you get out of that? I got tired of it. And the, the Apple stores, you know, the corporate stores started opening up and they were more competition and they were driving the cost down. And the, the cost of computers went from, you know, the 10,000 bucks down to, you know, 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, 9-11 happened. I got to thinking, well, what if some one of the passengers could have got this bad guys out of the you know cabin? Could a regular guy land that airplane without any training? I think weird things like that sometimes. So I went and bought a flight simulator, and uh, put the flights and bought a computer just for the flight simulator. And, oh my God! Uh, just because you had everything. this theory, yeah, yeah. you wanted to I'm, test. I'm I love good it like that. Um, so. <laughs> I uh, started messing around with this flight simulator and just trying to land a plane, take off, all that stuff. I load up the little Cessna 172, and I finally figured out how I could, you know, I got to where I could take it off and and land it, and not properly, now I know, but (laughs) at the time, I was like, okay, so I was playing with that for a while, and then I would drive by the airport in Lee Summit, Missouri, and I really ought to stop in there and take some flight lessons like you know i got the money to do it now i didn't when i was a kid thought about it when i was younger but stayed with the music thing so i popped in there to uh, uh get some flight lessons 
and they had an introductory flight, set it up for the next day. And so the next day I show up, I come over the hill to the airport, and as I come over the hill to the airport, there's a house on fire, and there's pieces of airplane everywhere. And I'm like, oh, and fire trucks and everything else. So I, I make it up to the airport, and it turns out the airplane was one of the airplanes that uh, the same company was running out, and somebody had crashed, and unfortunately they didn't make it. But, oh, um, my goodness. Do you, do you still want to fly today? And I'm like, okay. I mean, what are the chances it'll happen twice <laughs> yeah, in one day? Exactly. You know, they postponed that flight. I came back the next day or two and took that flight. And I'm like, oh yeah, I like this. So uh, I went, I, I was hooked. So got my uh, private license in about, I don't know, it was about six months. Never really thought about doing anything commercial with it. Was still had the computer company. Um, at some point, I found out my second wife was dating her third husband. I didn't know about that. So, <laughs> um, that like marriage that. went down the toilet, and I thought about, okay, I'm going to kind of, I was in the doldrums a little bit. It's like, all right, I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to fly. <clears throat> so I'm back out to the Lee Summit Airport and talked to them about, you know, rent a plane. Got to talking to them about doing uh, their website. Worked out a deal with them where I would just do their website and get free flight time. So. I did a lot of, got a lot of flying in, usually at, at night when, after my computer shop was closed. Um, but I did That's that. That's fantastic. Had, yeah, yeah, I'm always working deals. And I got to the point where I just wanted to give up the, the computer mm -hmm. thing and got an offer from the avionics shop over in Topeka. I'm talking to the guy over there, he goes, yeah, I need, I need a technician over here. Can you do avionics? I go, well, I don't really have. I know electronics. I know computers. Uh, he goes, can you read a schematic? Yeah. Okay. You're hired. So I sold my computer company and uh, went over there and, and worked over there in Topeka for about seven or eight, nine months, something like that. And then he hit a downturn and I got laid off. I had my commercial license. I'd, I'd gone ahead and gotten that. I didn't have a multi-engine license. Um, one of my former instructors uh, called me and said, Hey, if you, uh, you know, if you want to want to do something with the airline industry, they're starting to hire. Uh, I went on one interview. They seemed to like me, fingerprinted me, which is always like, okay, they're interested. Yes. Uh, but they ended up not hiring anybody. And then the, the airline industry went into the toilet again. So, well, now what am I going to do? So I'm messing around on the internet, looking at these uh, different aviation boards and whatnot. And I come across this uh, website called Jet Careers. And it's, it's based around uh, getting pilots jobs, helping pilots find jobs, that kind of thing. And I see a picture of a photograph of one of the aircraft that I now own. Um, and this pilot's talking about uh, flying all over the country, you know, in this little Cessna 172, seeing all the sights and all that. I'm like, that sounds pretty good to me. I'm single. Love, I'd love to travel like that. And uh, so I... Uh, saw that could see the tail number on it. There's a registration number. Yeah. So I start uh, searching that. I don't think it was Google yet, probably Yahoo or something like that search. <laughs> start searching that and I come up with a website of a guy who owns that company. And as it turns out, his last name is also Porter. Oh, not wow. related. I sent him a, a message and said, if you own this aerial imaging company, I'd like to work for you. And I got a phone call the next day and talked about he hired me over the phone wow so off I go and uh 
I did that for three months about, and then the season ended, and he offered me the chief pilot job the next year to come back. So wow. the following year, I was a uh, chief pilot. I still wasn't making much money, but I was having a blast. Exactly. You're like, yeah, there's some, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. You're having fun. So bopping around all over the country. I mean, I went, you know, coast to coast, basically, in this little airplane. You know, that's what I was just thinking, like in a tiny plane, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it flies like the rest of them. Right, that's <laughs> so, true. <laughs> but uh, as long as you don't do something stupid. Right, yes. I didn't do too much stupid, apparently. Apparently, but, you're still uh, here. <laughs> yeah, yep. We're getting into the story of how this company happened, right? Is that, is that oh, what you're I love it. <laughs> um, at some point, uh, that owner lost his uh, contract. The way it works is we supply an airplane with the proper modifications, the proper holes in them for the cameras, and, you know, there's computer racks in there. It's it's not just, like, you know. Yeah, we're just standing there taking me. Right, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's <my> literally <laughs> a half-million-dollar camera rig with military-spec GPS and all this stuff. I mean, it can measure Holy the roof stuff. on a house. It's it's really high-tech stuff. Wow. Uh, above okay. my pay grade, I mean, the technology of the cameras is beyond what I've what I even deal with because I wasn't sure what was going to happen if I was still going to have a job and what had happened immediately prior to that is I met my current wife in Louisiana and had become kind of a ground-based manager for the company and was managing the other pilots and I thought you know there's I'm in basically between Baton Rouge and New Orleans Louisiana and like you know a good pay down here is like nine bucks an hour for most jobs. So uh, like, what am I going to, what am I going to do if this company goes through the floor? So uh, I tried to like talk them out of it. Cause I had a good working relationship with the folks there. The owner was more of an absentee owner. I'm the one chief pilot. I dealt with, with dealing with the, uh, with our client and, the, and, and they design the camera systems and all that. And they sell the projects and tell us what projects to do and all that. So I had a good relationship with them. I started looking for ways to start my own company and with my own planes and all that. So wow. initially, initially, um, they didn't want to do that. They didn't think I'd have the capital for it. They didn't, you know, they liked me personally, but they didn't think I'd be able to pull it off. So not the first time I've been underestimated. But, <laughs> right. Um, so like, mm -hmm. like, I went home and told my wife, I have got to find a way <laughs> to buy some airplanes and get that contract. Right. So was she like, I, um, I'm sorry, what? Nope. She was nope. like, go make shit happen, honey. So, I love it. It's a good woman. That's a good yep. woman. So it was, uh, I was going to skip a whole lot of stuff here because there was, it was really a game of chicken and poker and, you know, LA. chess. So oh. I just kind of had to wait. It's like, okay, I, I offer, I made an offer to him. Um, I partnered up with my, my friend here and the, the, they have a flight school and a maintenance shop for aircraft. And I partnered up with him and, um, the whole time I'm negotiating with our client, I'm negotiating with my former boss, I'm negotiating with the FBO on this airport that was renting us this hangar. Uh, I've got all these kind of, you know, plates in the air, your <laughs> balls yeah. in the air, however. And um, I just had to kind of wait everybody out. At some point, I was all they had. So all of a sudden I'm sitting in the, you know, sitting on the throne and they're like, you you know, do you think you can get the rest of those planes from your old boss? And I'm like, 
don't think I can. Let me see what I can do. So, uh, so uh, I mean, we were we were getting loans from places that you know, like loan people money for the you know t- title loan places and things like that. I mean, My it was gosh, crazy right? what we had to do to make it happen, but put the financing together. My former boss was cool enough to, to finance me on, you know, owner finance me on about two thirds of the planes. So we bought the whole fleet and, uh, yeah, lucky. That's fantastic. Yep. Yep. Not lucky. You're a good guy. People know you work hard. It says something about you that they would trust you. Well, you know, there's a line in the movie, uh, Titanic. And you know the bad guy? What was that guy's name? Billy Zane was the actor that played him. He was the bad guy. Yeah. But he, there's, they're sitting around having dinner on the Titanic, and they're kind of the discussion comes up about how, do you, how, do, how are you successful in business and in life, and what do you do? And, and somebody says, well, you know, that has a lot to do with luck. And Billy Zane says, a real man makes his own luck. So I was yes. like, I understand what he means by that. Yes, you know? yes. You're like, I totally get that yeah. now. <laughs> you, you, you have to position yourself to take advantage of opportunities that come. And don't be afraid to push the envelope. Don't be afraid when somebody tells you you can't do something, uh, don't believe them. So right. Yeah, and that's interesting because a lot of people – would just kind of be like, well, things just aren't working out. It becomes a, you have to really work for it. And then it becomes like, well, what if it doesn't work? And what if I fail? And that fear will just get inside you and mess with your head. So kudos to you for. I mean, I was either going to make this happen or I was going to be a door greeter at Walmart. So those are my two choices in Hammond, Louisiana. So. Um, you're like so <laughs> that just didn't seem like something i'd want to do <laughs> nope nope yeah and at, at that point we just um uh we started doing since my partner's a mechanic and i was an avionics guy i did all the upgrades on the avionics he did the maintenance on the on the engines and all that stuff and we got the fleet in good shape the fleet wasn't in great shape before it was okay but i mean they were airworthy but they didn't look so great Mm-hmm. But um, they need a little TLC. They they did they did especially interiors and you know radios and things like that really need to be upgraded. So I mean we we were both working a hundred hours a week for two and a half years, and it was I mean I rarely saw my wife awake right. during those first couple of years. And when we get through this, I'm gonna buy you a house. <laughs> so she's like, mm, okay. <laughs> yep, yep, no. She was always cool with it. My current wife is an absolute dream. I mean. Oh. I couldn't ask for somebody who's easier to live with. And I know I'm not 100% easy to live with. So. You deserve uh, someone wonderful, Brian. Yes. I'm so glad you found her. That's amazing. Yeah, me too. Me too. And um, that you are telling me you're putting in hundreds of hours yeah. of work. That's something I think that's the message, people. You have to hear that. It takes it takes that hard work. It takes the the drive to really push to make something happen. Because you could have gotten in there and kept the radios and just puddled along, but you got in there and you did it right. Yeah. That's fantastic. A lot of the aspects to uh, being successful in a business, and it it goes for other businesses too. I always say if you give somebody a nice office, they're much more likely to want to go to work. Um, And when, you know, with the air, you got a bunch of ratty airplanes, you know, your pilots aren't that motivated. So uh, I want to make sure they were nice. 
So right. we, I'd be in here at midnight or two in the morning, like refabricating seats, you know, things like that. I would uh, think too that there's a little bit more respect. Like if it's a little, eh, you get in there and you're like, eh, it doesn't really matter. Like, I'm just going to throw this yeah. here. It doesn't matter if I scratch yep. this or ding this. Nobody really cares anyway. Yeah, your employees will, in my case, mostly pilots, but have mechanics and, and you know, administrative staff. Um, they get their, they take their cues from the boss. You know, if you don't care, they don't care. Right. And um, that's, that's a, a, a big part of success, I think, is, mm-hmm. uh, is you know, you got happy employees, you're in a much better place to be successful than if you got employees showing up like, oh, I just got to go to work because I got to make the money and, you know, can't wait for five o'clock, you know, or whatever. So. I was reading on your website the um, oh, other the previous pilots and what they were saying about the mm-hmm. job and almost every single one of them referenced the owner. And I thought, yeah, that would be Brian. Yeah. <laughs> The connection is so important to letting people know they're valued. So that's, yeah. that's great. I mean, sometimes a person's job, you know, they don't own the company, but their job is kind of a source of self-worth and, and happiness for them. And if there's something at that job that's, you know, they're either being treated like a number or, you know, just sort of a fungible widget, you know, we can, you know, all right, well, we don't care if you stay or, you know, go we'll find somebody else. If, if that's the attitude that they perceive, whether it's necessarily what you want to give off or not, but I have to make sure that they don't perceive that, that they understand that, that we value them and they're a part of my success here. So we've got people here. I can't do 20 airplanes by myself. And uh, on, the, um, on the pilot side of things, do you get a lot of pilots that are trying to get specific hours? Because I know that yeah. whole pilot thing you well, gotta have hours before you can jump up to this and i don't know let's that talk much let's it. talk pre-covid post-covid because they're two different worlds now seriously uh, all right yeah, let's talk yeah. It. pre-covid the airlines were starving for pilots they were doing crazy stuff like hiring pilots before they even had enough hours you know getting them to sign a contract waiting for them to get their hours doing something else such as working aerial imaging with mm-hmm. a company like mine well, a couple things happened. I don't know if you remember, was it 2009 or I think it was 2009, there was a crash by an aircraft in Buffalo, New York. And they, they had uh, congressional hearings on this thing and basically uh, found out that the pilots weren't all that trained. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> they, they weren't getting enough sleep. They were being overworked. They were one of the, the co-pilot was living in Seattle, but working in New York. So she had a deadhead of flight from Seattle to New York to start her shift. So she's, you know, eight hours before she's even started working. She's already been awake and all that. So anyway, they figured this stuff out and, you know, Congress being Congress, they decided to just throw a bunch of rules at it that didn't really make that much sense. But one of them was this. They've decided that a commercial pilot that used to need 250 hours to sit in that right seat of an airliner mm-hmm. now is going to need the same number of hours as a captain, which is 1,500. Oh, wow. So all of a sudden, all these guys that, that don't have uh, any more than 200, 300, 400 hours are a long way away from working for an airline. So you've got all these pilots now that come out of school 
they come, they get their commercial license at, it's called a certificate actually, but their commercial certificate they get at 250 hours. Well, look how far they got 1250 hours to go till they can fly right seat. Aerial imaging is one of the few businesses where what's known as part 91. That's the regulatory section in the, in the federal aviation regulations. We don't have as many regulations as the airlines do or a cargo carrying <clears throat> outfit might have. So we can hire a pilot at 250 hours. I try to hire them with more than that, but I mean, we can still do it. So this is a place where they can come. All of a sudden, I got pilots coming out of the woodwork. I'm talking pre-COVID still. They want to go to the airlines, but they can't get the hours they need to legally fly uh, as a first officer for what we call a part 121. That's airline, scheduled airlines. So it worked out fairly well for me. It usually took them actually sometimes two seasons. If they only had a, you know, 250, 300 hours, they would need two seasons to get 1,500 hours. But uh, worked out fairly well for me. I'd have enough pilots stay from the last season that could train the new guys, and it, it flowed along pretty, pretty good. COVID happens, and now those pilots have nowhere to go because the airlines are not not only are they not hiring new pilots, they are furloughing current pilots like crazy. Yes. And those pilots have got no place to go. So right now, almost all of my pilots from last season are coming back this season because that's, that's all they got. So right. I flew um, into uh, Kansas City a few weeks back to see the grandbaby and my son. And they're lined up at the Kansas City Airport. They're just parts right. like yeah, rows. And rows, yes. Delta Delta rented one of the runways to just park their entire fleet, you know, or well, good good portion of the fleet. Yeah, wow. I saw that picture. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm like, what is going on here? And then I flew back here and landed, and Arizona's a pretty good sized airport. And yeah. I go down to get my bag. There is one baggage carousel going, and I think two flights had come in at 7 p.m. on a Saturday night. Yeah. It was like a ghost town. It was kind yep. of freaky. Yeah. I was just like, what is going on? So yeah, I, I, I'm sure <clears throat> you probably have an my, abundance. Yeah. My former pilots, a lot of, I mean, I keep in touch with everybody, you know, we're, they have little reunion pictures I get on Facebook all the time of two of my former aerial imaging pilots. And now they both got captain stripes and, you know, Hey, look who I ran into, you know, so that's kind of neat. <clears throat> awesome. That is but, cool. Uh, I, you know, a couple of months ago, they were telling me, I, I'm like, what are your, what are your loads like? And they're like, we may have been 15% or 10% on this flight, you know? So now it's, it's, it's crowding up. They're compensating. They're having fewer flights and then more people are um, getting on them, which is probably why more people are getting sick. But one of the reasons. Well, it was interesting. I flew Southwest and they kept the middle seat open mm -hmm. and they required you to have a mask on the whole time. Unless, of course, you were drinking something or yeah. eating. And they only served water. It wasn't like they were encouraging. Right. That's, that's a good idea. October, I got to train new hires. And, I mean, we normally did two weeks of classroom. And the classroom was like 20-foot square. We'd have 12 people, 14 people in there. We're not going to do that. You know, we've got the forehead thermometers. We've stocked up on those, stocked up on masks. We wiped this place down constantly. Uh, just bought some... Uh, Honeywell air filtration systems uh, for all the indoor places in here, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a, a different world. Yeah, we're 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 defined as an essential 
business because we a lot of the the aerial stuff we do is for 911 first responders um, right. mapping. So those those good folks in the fire trucks and police cars know where they're going and all that good stuff. But, yeah, uh, now that's so, cool. So so November starts your your like season, I guess. I mean, mm -hmm. you fly. Do you fly year round for some projects? We will probably fly in every month this year except September for the most part. We've we've almost always got an airplane in the air somewhere. There's just a lot more of them during the regular season, which is November 1st through May 31st. Okay. The reason that season is there is because it, it, this might will make sense when you hear it, but uh, somebody wants pictures of the ground, they want to be able to see the ground. They don't want to see the tops of trees. So the leaves are off the trees. You know, different parts of the country in that time, but that's why we generally don't shoot much in the summer. Um, I do have I've sense. got three airplanes in in uh, your state right now because, well, you know how many green trees you got out there? Not too many, right? Yeah, a lot of cactus. You don't have yeah, to worry about cactus. leaves. Right, right, <laughs> right. So when you start in November, what what is it exactly you guys do? And I know there's some okay. stuff you can't really get into, but what's the yep. theory behind it? Some some of the eventual customers are like CIA and Homeland Security and whatnot. So we there's some stuff oh, yeah. we can't talk about. Right. Plus the camera systems are super high tech. I mean they're trade secrets for for our clients. So like we can't have the pilots are instructed they can't take any pictures of the camera systems or anything like that. Again, we're a, a provider for that client. They design the camera systems and they're huge. The original company started out as uh, aerial imaging for roofing companies. I guess it's pretty lucrative because they they came in with a lot of money and they 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 bought out the original uh, the original company that started the the camera systems. They were essentially renting their services and then they had enough money to just buy the whole company. So they did. The company's called Eagle View. I they, think I worked for a roofing company. Oh my gosh. You've probably seen that name then. <laughs> I have, yeah. When you said that, I was like, I know this name. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Okay. Yep. Yes. So um, our aircraft are, they're all the holes cut in the right places. And I mean, there's five, six cameras in these things, different, you know, out the side, down the, you know, straight down, all that. Um, so that's how you can, like, if you, if you get on, like, the mapping services like Google or Bing or whatever, you can kind of do a 3D and you can, like, see the side of a building. Um, this, our, our client actually designed that oblique camera system to allow to do that, to be able to see the sides. Is everything done from the sky then? Mm -hmm. with, with those cameras, there's yeah. nothing on the ground that somebody's got to be here? And there, there are, like, like um we don't deal with it, neither do our client, but like I know Google and some of the other companies have street based, mm -hmm. like they'll have a camera system that kind of does what ours are doing, same sort of principle, but it's on like a truck, the bed of a truck sticking up and they drive down a street and that's how you can get down and look at a street, look at a house and all that stuff. That's right. all done from the ground on a vehicle. But okay. the, the stuff from the sky, even zooming down to where you can see, you know, you can see in somebody's you, pool. I know what you're yeah, doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can see people. You can see, you know, I mean, you can. You may not be able to read a license plate, but you can certainly see a license plate. Um, oh. And we actually don't get to see the full resolution, so you might be able to read the license plate if you got the, you know, the stuff that's going to the military and the CIA <laughs> and all that. I don't know. <laughs> what, all we do is we're putting in a hard drive in this system, and this computer's running everything. The computer, there's a, there's a screen for the pilot, and they're hitting go, 
and it's kind of like there's a there's a device on the eyebrow what would be the dash of a car the eyebrow of the airplane that's telling them where to go and they get on a line and they just got to keep the airplane on that line they get to the end of it they do a 180 it's like tilling a garden in the air and they get get done with one garden and then they just move to the next garden and the next garden and do a whole city do a whole county um that way and sometimes it takes a month you know two months to do one city even crazy so what is the what's the majority use for this the the primary customers are usually the counties and parishes and they're looking for tax revenue Mm. who built a pool somebody built a pool so we're gonna have to tax them for that um but some of the contracts are directly from government agencies you know federal government agencies um, most of them are counties, but sometimes we'll get a city contract, usually a larger city. Um, but I think initially it's for, it's for tax revenue stuff. So I'm, I'm a little big brotherish on that. You know, I'll hey. apologize in advance. That, <laughs> You're I'm, like, I'm, look, I'm I don't own that local. company. I just own uh, the flying part. <laughs> that's exactly right. So if you don't want something to be, you know, you don't, you got something in your backyard you don't want anybody to know about. Between November 1st and May 31st, hide it. <laughs> Take it inside. Cover it up. <laughs> yeah. oh, that is great. Okay, how long have you been doing this now? 12 years, going on 13 years. Um, and then I, I started this company, uh, let's see, yeah, we formed the corporation in July of 2014. So we're uh, six years old now. Are you still loving it? Well... It was more fun to fly. Right. I mean, now I spend my days doing like unemployment paperwork and and insurance stuff and, you know, boring stuff. You spend most of your life worried about only money. And now it's like the one thing I don't have to worry about, I worry about everything else, you know. So Right, uh, which is nice. A lot, of, a lot of people on your, you know, that I'm responsible for. And, yeah, we. I mean, we just had an airplane crash in Tucson actually two months ago. Really? And, uh, yeah, did, nobody got hurt. We have never had a, I think the worst injury we've ever had is a like a minor black eye. And it, it those kind of things just, you know, kind of, they're a gut punch for a while. And, uh, yeah. you know, there's, we, we try to train and train and train these people. I mean, they've got commercial licenses, but, you know, 250 hours and a lot of them have come out of what we call pilot mills. They're basically pilot schools that are, you know, focused on, you know, get your test out out of here. Yeah. I wish they all came in here with five or six years of experience flying around because uh, sometimes, you know, the the littlest mistake will, you know, put your airplane in the dirt. So uh, we've only had three mishaps. They've all been within the last 18 months for 12 years. I I never had anything. I mean, we had some close calls, but fortunately nobody's, uh, nobody's, you know, the only thing is I've gotten heard of the planes i mean all three planes are totaled that's why they pay me the big bucks i guess because i got i got that weight on my shoulders but um oh, i love it well hey let's do what i call my um final five. Oh, and this you do this is, with everybody yeah i do it with everybody awesome. let's just jump in we'll do the first one what is your favorite word that's probably a tie between moist and placenta all right why moist or placenta i I just like they just sound funny they just make me kind of laugh when i hear them so 
Those are my favorite words. Yes. And you know, there are so many people out there. Somebody else said moist is their favorite word because it drives other people crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I Just think my second wife hated that, that word. So that's right. Well, you like that's it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. What turned you off? Dishonesty. Mm. Big time. Yeah. Right. Yes. And, 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 you know, maybe, maybe a close second would be people who can't, distinguish the difference between an opinion and a fact makes me Mm. nuts what sound or noise do you love the sound of in the summertime in kansas city the Mm. cicadas ah do you like those too do you remember those yes i do yes weird noises i like that and a loud metal fan that they probably haven't manufactured since the 70s oh wow an old metal like the big old old metal fans they have a nice good whir to them, you know. They're not plastic and all that. So, yeah. Yes, I remember that at my grandma's house, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. funny. Put yes, the cicadas. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't really heard the cicadas in a while. When I was in Kansas City, I, um, I got to see lightning bugs again. I really haven't seen them. Yeah. I, I forget. I haven't seen them in a long time. They were just everywhere. And I'm like, oh, I miss those. But I don't miss the June bugs, so. Yeah, those are good obnoxious. Trade. We have those down here too. They're they're obnoxious. They just like latch on and can't get yeah. rid of them. <laughs> or even if they don't latch on, they hit you in the forehead or something and bounce off. It's like what, the, what was that? Yeah, I, right. I got long hair and they were always getting tangled up and oh. just like there's no way to get them out. Yeah, <laughs> flailing awful. around like an idiot. <laughs> they they serve no purpose. I don't know where they're at in the food chain, but we just need to right. eliminate them completely. Right. Absolutely. What is your favorite cuss word? Well, I use them all, as you know, (laughs) fluently. I think shit, because shit shit is just, I mean, you can use shit in so many ways. Shit can be, there's like, there's shit on my desk. You're just referring to stuff. Or if you have a dog in the house, the dog shits in the house. That's actual shit. (laughs) And you can even use it as like, you know, a term of, you know, chagrin Oh shit! The dog shit in my house. So, yes. yeah, shit, shit's very versatile. Yes. All right. What profession, other than the one you're currently doing, would you love to attempt? I think this was the last one. Was <laughs> let's see, a rock musician, computer tech. Right. You know, <laughs> I right. know. Right? Dream uh, jobs. You've done them all. Well, one thing I plan on doing when I retire, uh, I'm going to start a nonprofit to help people who've been attacked by pit bulls. More often than not, a pit bull will go his entire life and not kill anybody. But do you really wanna have you know, a ticking time bomb in your house with your kids? I'm going to start a nonprofit that, that helps folks uh, either with uh, medical bills um, and legal, legal fees. That's so what I'm gonna do in retirement. Right, so your nonprofit would be helping people who have been Attacked. Legal assistance, yeah. Yes. yeah. Oh, that's very cool. What a great thing. Good for you. Yeah. Arizona's crazy. I was I was flying when I was flying for my former company. I <laughs> air traffic control comes on, says one four zero. Do you see a sandstorm off to your uh, left wing? And I look over, and there is this terrifying. I mean, it's a wall of sand, and I'm yes. at you know I'm at five six thousand feet, and it's you know. I'm like, oh, God, what am I getting into out here? <laughs> right. Yes, yes. They're a thing, and they happen 
Yeah. You don't want to fly into one. So no, they, and they're like adamant when, if you're driving, you just stop, pull over, yeah. stop, turn your car off and just wait. Your, your car will be the color of a DeLorean if you don't. <laughs> so with an well, airplane, it'll just clog up your, your air intake and, you know, eventually you'll land somewhere. <laughs> so, oh, right. Maybe not where you intended. <laughs> not, not where you want to. No. There's one of my airplanes out there. It's in pieces. Yes. That would be awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's getting it's it's getting its annual. Getting its annual. <laughs> yeah. They they get an, airplanes have to have an annual inspection. It ain't like a car. I mean, you have to tear the engine you know apart to to a certain degree and tear take out pieces of the plane and inspect cables and all this stuff. So it takes a long time. So it's like four mechanics. We plus my partner, we barely get it done in four months. So. Well, if you if you're gonna crash, you know we we at least want to make sure that the airplane is not the reason. So, yes. And it, yeah. <laughs> it rarely is. It's almost always not the reason that the airplane has gone bad. I'm glad that you're happy and surrounded by wonderful women who support yep. you and love you. And thank you so much. And everybody else, thank you for tuning in to learn a little bit about aerial photography and everything else we talked about. It was kind of all over the place, but thank you ah, so much. <laughs> that's me. All over and, the place. It's my right? <laughs> me too. ADD. <laughs> we'll see what you soon.